Hello and welcome to We All Have a Heart. Today we have a special guest, Kat Barlow, um, from Empowerment Ethos. And I'm just going to read a little bit about her and we will then get to our interview. So Kat Barlow is the founder of Empowerment Ethos. She works with parents of kids with disability, diagnosis and diversity to support them and their children to live a life without limits by helping them discover the joy and peace in what is instead of what should have been. Love that. She is an empowerment strategist, neuro, neurodiversity advocate, researcher, speaker, educator, mum and carer and lover of tea and biscuits and my soul sister who I love with all cells of my body um, is my first person to come on today and I'm so excited to chat to you and learn stuff from you because I always learn just have to have we just had a 15 minute chat and I already learned stuff from that so I'm back at you that's why our chats are so awesome I know so welcome to my new podcast and being my number one because of course you had to be (laughs) thank you and I'm sure we will have Kat here many times but this is the first time and I just wanted to say thanks thanks for having me it's awesome I'm very excited yeah I, I will reassure anybody watching that this is not my real house or my pretend books I promise I'm not that tidy and that's why I have a backdrop because you know you've just got to focus on what you're good at <laughs> and tidy's not one of them so yeah. yeah yeah it's like I said to Kat before I put a tree here so I could uh hide what was behind the tree which is some books yeah yeah be reassured <laughs> so Kat tell me about a story that you want to share today um about you know heart and how yeah. you are where you are today and I think well I think my biggest story and a thing that we talk about a lot is the birth of my child which I think is the beginning for most people there there you know things change right you think oh yeah I'm going to be a mom so that's going to change for sure like no problem of course I've got that in my head but then you know for lots of us you know we birth children that perhaps you know we weren't ready for or we didn't expect and for me um, Noah was born 11 weeks early and has gone on to have, you know, quite complex disabilities. He's the only one in the world with his condition with no treatment and no cure. And he's three years over his prognosis. And, you know, so I've evolved into a life that I definitely didn't expect and didn't know. Um, and and so I think a lot of my stories around heart are because he's taught me things that matter that I never really was focused on before, you know, before... Um, I went to an all-girls school and I was, you know, going to uni and I had these big plans and, you know, I had a, a big job and all of those things were happening. And then everything changed in an instant as life does. And I think that, you know, my new mantra is that everything can change in an instant. And so did my heart, you know, it opened as I became a mom, but also I evolved into a new world that I hadn't seen before or hadn't thought was even possible. You know, I'd certainly met people who'd had, you know, little babies and premies and that sort of stuff. I just hadn't quite wrapped my head around what life looked like with a child with a disability and what that meant for him, more importantly, and what that meant for me as a mom. 
and then you know over the years learning all the things that i've had to learn about being an advocate and a nurse and all of those things on top of being a mom yeah it certainly was a very reluctant one because you know i just wanted to be mom i'd signed up for that part and all of that shit and you know the the screaming and the crying and just me also him and all of that and ordinary stuff but i hadn't signed up for extraordinary yes um and i'm grateful that it's happened but also it's certainly been a huge evolving of my heart where i've completely adjusted things where um i thought it mattered i thought you know having the big career mattered i thought lots of things mattered and now it doesn't yeah and and things have evolved and changed for sure so tell me about that evolution of cat and then the evolution of cat being mum yeah I think the biggest evolution came when he was so so unwell and so and we didn't know what was happening with that and I just felt really disconnected from that fight and really disconnected from him and then um when we finally got the phone call that we'd been fighting for that said um and the doctor literally said are you sitting down it was so it was almost comical it was just like you'd seen in the movies I was like who says that but here we are and that actually what happened you know are you sitting down and then we've delivered the news that you know Noah had this bilateral symmetrical brainstem damage and that he probably he wouldn't live um past 10 um, but he also said, you know, he may only have seven months left to live. He may have seven years. We're just not sure, but it's not long. Yeah. And I think in that microsecond, in that moment, everything changed. Yeah. Because I was sitting with a child who was um, ordinary. He was two. He was this, you know, yelling, screaming, fun-loving, happy, you know, bonkers bean. And then I was told this awful news. And so what I what I don't think people talk about is that I, in that, went straight to survival. So went straight into that moment of going, well, and I actually, this is my actual thought, which people won't tell you, but I think it's more true than perhaps people think was, well, if I just love him less, then it's not going to hurt when he dies. So I'll just do that. Yeah. I'll, I mean, that seems super reasonable. I'll just distance myself. I mean, I'll look after him. I'll be there for him, all of that stuff, but I'll just stop loving him. Like that's a choice. I'll just stop. And then that way it won't be so bad. Mm. And so, and I think you see that behavior in so many levels of survival through life where you just go, if I just don't care, if I just disconnect, if I just say it's not that bad or it's not so hard, then my heart will be saved then my heart will be rescued and it will continue to be whole. But yeah, what- it, it shows up in like all everything, life, doesn't it? Like, you know, yes. you've got abandonment issues as a child and it shows up when you have a partner or, you know, you, you're working in an environment where there's like a team environment, but you're like, I can't give my 100% because yeah. I've got to hold myself back. Because of a so, so many of us disconnect for all sorts of reasons, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like the day to day, the common day to day. I hate work, but I'll just keep going and I'll just not bother and forget about the fact I was interested in that. What I 
what I learned was that my heart needed to get bigger, not smaller in order. Yeah. And it, and it, for me, and I'm very grateful that this is true, but I appreciate it doesn't happen for anyone. It only took me about two weeks to go that that was a silly idea. And I'm not sure what I was trying to do. And in fact, I'm all in to have my heart broken because my heart actually is growing. And actually that's the feeling. So this ache and this pain that my heart is experiencing is the growth of a heart, not the breaking of a heart. Yeah. And I'm going to learn to be okay with that level of being uncomfortable, that level of feeling different or strange, because that is the price of loving somebody with your whole heart is that you will be there alongside them for the end too. And that's not to say that will definitely be the case, but that is the price of loving someone so fully is that that is the chance that you take that you will mm. lose. Them. Do you remember the point? Do you remember the point? Yeah, I do. I remember looking at yeah, I literally remember sitting there in the lounge room. He was, you know, doing all the stuff that he was doing, the toddler things, normal things, playing with blocks, being silly. And I just went, oh, I can't, I can't. what am I doing? I literally just looked at him and went, nah, I can't not love him. Like, he's right there. And so I will love him as much as I can for as long as he's here for with all of my soul, not less. Yeah. And I will pay the price for that. I will carry the wound after he's gone because it's worth it now to grow my heart in this situation. Yeah. And I, and it, but it took a, it's a big thing to go. I will take that load on. And, and now, you know, 13 years later and the evolving of that means that I'm never ready, by the way, I'm never okay. I'm never, you know, when we're in recess at the hospital or whatever else is happening, I'm never okay when it's happening i'm not like oh well this seems fine we already knew this was gonna happen so this is great of course not you know i he's my son i'm his mom we have a very close bond i'm never gonna be okay but i'm gonna know that i've loved him with my whole soul and that's what matters to me like mm -hmm. i the gift of me loving him like that is that once he's not in on earth i will carry that with me and I, I will be grateful that i've had the opportunity to do that and i'm sure it will be the worst pain i've ever experienced and more but i still don't back down from that i still walk in that knowledge knowing that that's possible because that's the gift of true love yeah yeah and how do you sit in that space and still have um, love for yourself in that space. Yeah, it's so giving, remembering that you exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like because you you're, you are, you devote everything, yeah. all your love, all your energy and all your magic that's inside you to Noah. But how do you, in that space with that chaos that can happen, how do you still love you and still connect to you and your yeah. magic? Oh, it's a practice. And not only that, I don't always get it right. And sometimes I go a long time, months, where I'm like, who am I? What am I doing? Who am I as a person? And I completely forget my soul self. And I'm not doing things for me. And that's the truth. But at the other side of that, there's never not love. So just like when you 
love someone with your whole soul sometimes you don't like them in seasons of your life very much and you just you're at loggerheads with another human that you love very much i feel yeah. that that's the same for myself is that i still love me and i'm still you know without condition actually but i still don't like parts of me at times and i'm you know at loggerheads with that version of me in that moment and sometimes i just think oh fuck it i'll deal with that later or you know i'll sleep later i'll shower later i'll do whatever later and i put it off put it off for the sake of giving yeah so i definitely don't get it right all the time there's no question about that but i think for me over the years is my constant thought of who will i be after and how will i survive this and so i have you know made sure that I have practices in place to survive this now uh, and to survive it well, you know, by meditating and by um, shaking it off and dancing around to silly dance tracks and walking every day and doing that sort of thing, which really keeps me on an even keel with my mental health. And when really big things happen or I'm I find myself like deep in fear or deep in whatever feelings happening. I don't go, I, I already know that's an emergency yeah. because when I start to feel it here, I go, Oh, that's urgent. Cause it's stopped being up here and just a thought now it's in my body. I go, right. So now that's urgent. So I literally look at my week and go, how can I fit this in? How can I walk? How can I do? And I have um, like a list of things that I do that don't rely on anybody else that yeah. don't um don't need any money i can do it anywhere from icu at the hospital to my you know my house at home when things are awesome and i just make sure that i have those set practices that i keep doing that bring my soul joy and sometimes i and i, and I audit so like when i get to the end of the week and i'm like why do i feel so horrible you know like what is that what is that feeling? I go, right, well, I think that's because I've not done any singing or I haven't done, and this isn't for everyone, right? Or I haven't played my guitar and didn't do any painting. So therefore, all of those feelings are still stuck in me. So I'll do something about that. But the love for me has been something that I've grown and evolved into as I've, and I think that's become a big part of being a mom. Mm because I certainly didn't have it before. And I've been in situations, circumstances before where I've definitely not shown any love for myself at all. And in fact, would have thrown myself under a bus rather than, you know, done something about loving me. But now I understand that if I don't love me, how can I teach love? How can I show love? How can I, I, I want to be the fullest cup. So it's brimming over so that it's spilling onto other people, not as it was before, when I was all people pleaser and yeah. I had nothing left to give, but I was still giving from this, you know, husk of myself going, please take my soul. That sounds perfect. And was feeling awful. Now I try and do it the other way. I say no a lot. Mm. A lot. Yeah. To, to have that sanity, to have that, that yeah. ability to just sit, you know, sit and, and be at peace. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it came from a place of people pleasing before, right? And I know me and you have talked about that. And, uh, you know, I would talk about being a recovering people pleaser. And I, the voice is still there for sure. Like if somebody says, will you like cater for this party for 20? People don't do it as often anymore. But, you know, like big things. Yeah. Like before I would feel sick for saying no. 
like, oh, I'm awful. Those people will suffer without me. That somehow by not being the gift, all of a sudden I'm actually destroying people's lives. And now I see it as giving other people the opportunity to step up in a place where perhaps they wouldn't have before. And I'm super okay with saying no. And it's yeah. very quick and the feeling isn't there anymore at all. I just go, I can't, but thank you for offering. And it's yeah. done. It's gone. So what, if if someone was in your situation, you know, right now, and they don't they don't know how to move from not giving all their love, right? Yeah. Like, what does that what does not giving their love look like in the first place? And then, how can they shift that? How can they, like, what type of things would they do? Yeah. To to move through that. I think for a lot of people it's accepting the life they have and not the life they thought they wanted. Mm. So, you know, say, say that say that again. <laughs> accepting the life that they have instead of the life that they thought that they wanted. Yeah. You know, and a lot of that is that we without the acceptance, we sit in, oh, but it's not fair. Yeah, but it's the yeah, but yeah, but it's not fair. Yeah, but everybody else has it easier. Yeah, but this doesn't happen for everyone else. Yeah, but yeah, but now. That's not to say you don't get to feel sad or pissed off about some of the things you're experiencing. Of course you do. It would be really strange and unusual to not feel those things and you should and you get to. But getting stuck there and over here in that position means actually you're not open to the life that's right in front of you and the things that you're experiencing. So for me, I just got super good at being present, super good at looking at the moment and going, okay, yes, brain, I appreciate this isn't what everybody else has or sees or whatever, which again is made up because we've no idea what other people are doing. We just yeah. make shit up, right? Yeah. And I say to myself, if you're going to make up a story, make it a good one. And so I will focus on this that I have in front of me. I will talk about the days that um, we do something that's different, do something, you know, and, and, and be grateful for those moments, you know, and it is... Um, on the days that I'm sad, I remember this one time we were at a birthday party and Noel was sitting under a table and he was um, playing with a car. He was on his own. He was um, singing the songs that he sang and not he, very much in his own little world and doing his own thing. Now, all the other kids were like out in the birthday party, looking at the things that were happening, all interacting, talking to each other, having a super lovely time. And I stood there and I started to like, I well up, right? And I was just like looking, going, oh my God, how awful, how sad that this child is missing. And I just went, oh, who am I sad for? I think I'm sad for me, because he's fine. And I just went, just look for a second. He's fine, he's happy, he's having a very lovely time. He's in his doing his cars and he's actually fine. It's me. I need to adjust what I expected. I need to adjust what I thought might be and actually embrace what is. So yeah. I just sat there and I was like, who? And now my friend, I do often say, who am I sad for? Who am I sad for? Because if I look at him and he's thrilled to have you know, one friend that he talks to maybe once a month and he's doing this and he's doing that, then I have to be okay with that because he's not living the blueprint of my life. He is creating his own. Yeah. As he should be. Yeah. 
and I can't mold him into a situation that I thought he should be. I thought he would be. And I was, I remember in my childhood, we used to do this and it was so much fun and that was awesome. All of that still remains true. And I can honor that part of myself and that matters and, and it's true. And also honor the life he has and the position that he's in and know that that's true for him too. Yeah. Yeah, because it's you're right. We all experience that, don't we? We all like, of us. Even yeah. just the other day, I was watching my my son's called Noah as well, of course. Um, and I was watching Noah in the school grounds, and I was watching him run around, and he wasn't like in these groups. Mm-hmm. He was just bouncing around, and I was like, oh, you know. And then I started going, oh, poor Noah. And then I went, hang on, what do I mean, poor Noah? And I had to really sit there and think hang on what do you mean and then I felt what was coming up for me and I was like oh he's lonely I go no no he's not that's coming from you what happened to you to make you feel like that because I remember and then it went oh then I was like oh I remember what happened in that school ground right and then I was like oh that's not me but then I looked at him and he was having the best time he was running up to some kid saying something and even though that kid was playing something else, and that kid was like, yeah, and then off he went. I was like, oh, oh, this is not, this is interesting how we put our life experience, our some something that happens somewhere back, way, way back comes through. Yeah. And if we notice that feeling yeah. in ourselves, like wherever it shows up in our body, when we, we go, oh, wait, Hang on, where is that? Let's ask a real question. Let's yeah. see. All about awareness, right? Because you had to go, before it came out of your face, you had to go, whoa, wait, what is that? I think that for a lot, a lot of us, we're projecting safety. We, we have safety in whatever we've learnt, even if whatever our childhoods were, it's what we've now learned as grown-ups is acceptable for us in order to feel safe and secure and whatever else. And it isn't always what they experience you know, as their safety and their security. And so before we project this thing that we have inside us, just take a moment to go, is that true? You know, and there are some things that are true, you know, being hateful towards another person, being discriminative in another person. Yeah, that's part of a blueprint that matters and that you teach and you pay forward always. But there are those moments exactly that where you just go, am I projecting something that's not for me? Is there something for me to evolve through here? Do I need to grow my heart in this way in order to make room for what this truth is in front of yeah. me? It's that it's that moment. It's catching yeah. that oh, yeah. moment, isn't it? Catching yeah. that moment that's come up in you, either in your head or in your body, because it does yeah. either both at the same time or one of yeah. where you go. Where you go? Oh, hang on. Yes. You go to go to. Oh, hang on. Let me just pull back. Is yeah. this me? Yeah. Is this me? Oh, that's me. You know, and and it and it's it must come up like well, we we know it comes up with everything that we do, right? Mm-hmm. But as a, I guess as a mum, you always want to like protect, yeah, and mm-hmm. and give the best and show the best, but sometimes we have to pull back in order to know is that the best for our child. Or is that the best of what I think is right? And we all should be learning all the time, you know, especially 
with Noah or with different neurodiversities or whatever, or if, if their life experience is different physically, neurologically speaking too, then we are on a path of learning what that looks like. And we're on a path of learning, you know, what matters to them, what's important to them. And we may think, I don't understand why they, something basic, you know, need that weighted blanket. I just don't get it. I can't wrap my head around it. I hate that. I love to be free in the bed, whatever our story is, but that's, it's exactly the same for everything you know we go well they need that weighty blanket so therefore and they love that and so now i've learned something new isn't that interesting that not everybody wants to feel like this oh okay and so that seems like a very base level but actually it's the story of all things that we learn as parents is that well what's important to them what's on the other side of that you know what's mattered to them how and their hearts are different to ours right they yeah. are we 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 give birth to them but they're not ours yeah you know, they come from us but they're not they're not us you know and so there are there are um and usually what i say to people i work with is that you've got to remember that that little person in front of you is also part of that other human that either you live with or you've been around that drives you crazy so there has to be parts of their heart in there too that you need to learn about that perhaps you didn't before mm. that perhaps you hadn't fully understood or hadn't even been aware of because it had been so well hidden. And yeah. now you have this little person who's holding two hearts and two versions of that that's now got this one giant heart, this beautiful soul that's still different, but there's parts of it that you could never understand because it didn't come from you. Yes, that's right. It's not and from it's, you. No. It's not your historical wound. It's not your generational anything. Actually, it's come from the other half of them. Yeah. Yes. And so, and they've molded that into their own, you know, whatever you believe is true for you, but you know, wherever they've come from. Yeah. So what, what can we tell people about, you know, we talked about those little moments that we can catch them, right? Yeah. But we don't always catch them. No. Sometimes no. stuff comes out of our face of and we're talking and we, yeah. and then we go, fuck yeah. in the middle of it. Or even at the end, and we go, "Fuck, I've just, I've just created something there. Mm -hmm. How do I, how do I pull back? How do I have that conversation with whoever? Like, how do I step back into that and go, hang on, that's my shit, yeah, and own that? How do we do that? The greatest gift I reckon is to to be okay with yelling plot twist in your life and doing something different, even mid sentence. You know, and for me, it literally is plot twist. I used to work in movies. And so that's how, you know, one of the phrases that I work with, it can be anything you want, but also being okay with doing that out loud and being okay with not always knowing or having the answer. So you could be mid, I don't understand why you put your shoes there. I've told you 900 times. And because that's, you know, you're raw and you're tired and you're, you're not a robot. And yeah. so that's what's happening. Yeah. And then as or you're a saying, housekeeper. of course, <laughs> yeah. Saying it, you know, and that's the burden and the layers of a million other things, right? And as it's coming out of your face, you go, I, okay, so I'm just going to, I go, I'm just going to plot twist this because I realize now that I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I haven't slept, you know, I didn't walk yesterday and that's not on you, buddy, but here's what I'm going to say. It's shoes next because I'm not in a place to walk this route with you. That's it. Mm. That's it. So you're not quite going, and I'm so, you know, and I'm so sorry, and I can't believe it. it's still because some of those layers are true and they're real, and you have asked nine hundred times, and and yeah, so you are going to get distressed about that, 
And so I think I use the word plot twist. I'd literally just go, oh, plot twist. And it, no one knows it now to the point where if we're in a disagreement about something, then I go, can we just plot twist this? Or he goes, can we start again? Like, can we start the story again? Because this story sucks. Like, we were writing it upside down and now we're both annoyed. So can we just ditch it in the bin? And I go, yeah, let's just ditch it. What should we do instead? How should this go instead? What should we have done instead? And I think we're both really open about that. I mean, you know, Noah's 13 and and really emotionally evolved for all the years. Like he'll say, I feel so cranky and I just don't know why. And I'm like, well, it could be a lot of things, mate, but also you're going through a lot of stuff right now. You're a teenager. You know, what do you want to say that it is? What do you want to feel that it is? Or do you just want to let it go and not have to dig into it? Because some yeah. of the feelings are just there because they are, right? Yeah. So, you know, he's used to it now and he says it out loud. You know, feelings are not instruction manuals of how to behave. And I think that for a lot of us, we think that's true. We go, oh, why are they doing that? Or, oh, they're lonely. Or, oh, what's happening for them? And then we take out, we're like, instructions, I'm going to do something about this. And for me, I'm like, okay, if you're still annoyed in three days, if you're still annoyed in two days, whatever your thing is, it might be an hour for you if you're a good regulator. I'm not. I'm a ball of fury. I need two days, right? So I just go, especially now, perimenopause, thanks. So, you know, I need two days to chill out. And so I go, okay, I'm not going to take action. I'm going to see how I feel about this in two days. And if in two days I'm still, you know, want to take action or, you know, have talk to this person about this or whatever it is, then, then I'm going to take action. Because then I'm going to know it's not coming from a raw place of survival. It's coming from an actual, you know, place of soul that needs addressing. Yeah. And it's yeah. knowing yourself, right? That's changed over the years. It wasn't, didn't used to be two days. It used to be a lot, short, a lot quicker that I would move through things. But now my hormones are doing lots of different things. So I've evolved that rule for myself. Like yeah. no one else is making the rules. Oh, yeah. I get oh, yeah. it. So I, I just make it up. I go, it used oh. to take me months and months. I'd be in a spiral. And then yeah. it was real. Then it was really quick. Like, oh, yeah. shit, I'm in a spot. Oh, what's that? What's that? And then I'd be able to shift out of that yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. And then menopause came yeah, and yeah. then I had to take more time yeah because yeah. it just seemed to generate more in my body more yeah. energy mm -hmm. and then now that I've passed the menopause and back into some form of normalcy in my body yeah. I'm like oh I can go back to being Quicker. you know processing quicker yeah and some but things are quicker like if it's just to do with me personally and doesn't affect anyone else I'm super quick to process that but if it's to do with Noah because it wakes a mama bear that I have evolved and grown like a scar and a scab that has got layers to it because yeah. I've had to be in protection for him actually in real life, in real story. And I have been as a mother. And yeah. so there are layers to that. So if I feel that, you know, if he's being picked on or if he's being bullied to that takes longer for me to process because my mama bear scar instinct goes, <gasps> I will kill everybody. Yeah, yeah. And then I go, okay, that's big feelings. You should probably go for a walk. You should do this. But sometimes the end of that is that needs addressing. 
that's yeah. not something that you know now we need to take action but i know now that when i'm taking action it's from a place of peace from a place of revolution re resolution from a place of solution not a place of everybody sucks and not everything like that which which is how i begin i think yeah. the the issue starts with people think you should buy be able to bypass this part and, 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 and it's not true. Like you may be able to do that part in 10 minutes and that's awesome. You may be able to do that in two days. You may be able to do it in a month. Yeah. Whatever your timeline is, is great. And yeah. that is your timeline as long as you're aware of it. Yeah. But I think that people think, oh, I, you know, I heard this really awful thing and I should have jumped straight to that. It's like, well, you bypassed grief, pain, distress, you know, human. Mm. So be human, allow it and then do something about it but know that you didn't fail or fuck up because that, that voice in your head was like oh i think i think you made a key thing there which, which is about what what it is like you know if someone said something about me i'd probably process that really quickly right yeah but you're i'm probably very similar to you if someone says something and this only happened maybe three days ago someone said something to noah and it was inappropriate, and I flared, like nostrils flared, my body flared, I felt myself go into fight or flight, and I am a fighter, so, you know, naturally I just want to go, yeah. right, spew yeah. my vomit of angriness at somebody, but I've, I've evolved slightly in my life, and then I was like, oh, oh, what's that? Yeah, yeah. And then I went, I went, oh, but I have to say something. Yeah. Right. And I go, all oh, that comment, what you just said was inappropriate. Yes. Yeah. Please don't say that again. Yeah. You know, um, you know, but and then I left it at that. Yeah. But I have had to process in the background quickly. That, yeah. And I had to I had to have time out from everybody yeah. and sit in my own stuff and go, what was that? Yeah. And and what it was was it was a comment about, you know, Noah like doing something and it was yeah. a bit annoying what yeah. he was doing and it flared somebody else. It triggered somebody else. Yeah. But in their trigger and their response to that triggered yeah. me. And then yeah. I was like, what is that about? And as I did a full circle, I realised, oh, sometimes I get triggered the same way with Noah right and it was a mirror of my own self and I went oh oh that's big that's huge and then I was able to go oh and release mm. and I thought far out and I even like had a bit of a cry because it was like oh it's a mirror yeah I'm gonna let that go I yeah. have to let that go but here's what you and I have both described right is that the 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 uh, the similarity there is we did it on our own. Yes. Here's the thing, right, is that you go, I'm having an awareness. Yes. I'm going to take however long it is for any person to process that, whatever is the right right thing for you, cool. Yeah. But here's what I see happening a lot and I, and I think is a really big deal for moms is that, that people recruit others in their anger. Yes. And so I see it in Facebook groups a lot, right? So I see like... Um, I just want to get everyone's opinion. Oh, this person said this to my kid at school. What, you know, and I feel really angry and really annoyed. And this person's awful. And you know, this, 
what do you think? And then sometimes you get 50 or 100, 200 comments, people going, I would have taken them down. I would have, you know, screamed in their face. I would have taken yeah. my kid out of school. I would have now, what you've done is recruit other people's pain, recruit other people's generational trauma, other people's survival instincts and everything else. And you, you've made it part of your story. Yeah. But now, when maybe before you would have been able to go, I'm processing that over two days, I'm, I'm going to breathe through that, but I'm going to need a conversation with this person and it looks like this and I'm going to, you know, make sure I stay in my peace as I'm having this, you know, firm conversation about boundaries. But what you do is you recruit everybody's pain and then you go in at the fight going, well, I spoke to other people and you don't understand and actually I think it's a it's a big problem. I, I see it so often. Yeah, but I've yeah buddied myself into the yeah, but everybody else says it's okay for me to be mad. And and it's just not helpful. And it's different mm. to sharing after the evolving and going, yes. this happened to me. And then this happened. Or when I would if I would call you, for example, like I say to Lydia, have you got time to hear a really big thing? Yes, no, maybe, who knows? It depends on where we're at, right? So we're respectful. And then calling going, I just need you to hear my process out loud because actually I'm so angry or I'm so upset that I can't do this on my own. Now, the beautiful thing about Lydia and I is that she doesn't offer opinion, she offers great questions. So she, have you thought about this or maybe do this or have you thought about this or what's coming up for you or all of those things. Those are the sorts of beautiful evolving conversations that you want to be having with people not oh, i'd be so pissed off and you don't understand i think that there's a place for that when it's smaller things for sure you know like oh my kid drives me crazy they leave their shoes you can tell i'm scared and then and somebody else going i know mine too like they never know where they are wicked that's amazing it's not life-changing but i think we recruit people in pain rather than in heart so often yeah instead of going on to those things going this has happened this is my evolving let me share the end point for you all and having everybody us all learn from that person because we would we go oh i never thought about doing it that way and isn't that interesting that they did do that i would have been so mad mm. but here's what i've learned about that there's just not the offering of that end point or that solution i think recruiting others is a trauma response yeah, isn't it? It's actually yeah. a trauma response. And yeah. you're right, I see it a lot too. You're not being seen and heard when you were little. And so you're yeah. trying to pick everybody up along the way and go, please let me be seen in my pain. Yeah. 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 And it's it's like I I need my voice to be heard. That yeah. This, this isn't fair. Yeah. Right? But when we sit in that unfairness or whatever it is, yeah, we truly look at it for what it is and write stuff out. Yeah. And even get to the core of things, we realize that it's either a mirror, yeah, it's something that we fear and we need to hide behind it. There's, there's a whole like there's so many things it could yeah. possibly be, yeah. but it does come from us. Yeah. And that's not to say things are unjust in the world because they bloody are, right? And yeah. and there are cruel, cruel individuals. Yeah in this world but how we respond to it yeah from ourselves is the difference yeah how we feel it in our bodies what 
reactive state we come from. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I, I post on my Facebook page, I call them cat rants, but that that rant has taken me three, four weeks of evolving, right? Because I don't post a day I'm pissed, ever. What I do is I go away and I think about it and then that happens and then I process it and then I lean out and go, what's happening in the world? What is true about this? What is not true about this? What else is happening? Is there a solution? Can I talk about the solution? Is there, some, is there somebody else going through this that they had a similar outcome? And so therefore that's maybe a solution for that, whatever it is, then I'll post this in inverted commas rant but it's a really evolved piece of work. It's not, it doesn't come from, can we all just stop doing this because, oh, it's already gone. It definitely started there. And and trust me, when I start them, I write the note, which is there, and I sit with it. I have these titles in my head, which is a beautiful ADHD thing, right, of rants that I'm still not there with yet. Like, that maybe I never will maybe it because and, and sometimes if they're not out there i think well maybe that's just something for me to evolve through <clears throat> and i'm gonna get to do that but but the evolving of that is it in my head a title of a story because that's how my brain works a title yeah. of a movie a title of a something yeah go right what am i evolving through is there education here is this something for us all to learn do we all need to have this story you know one of my rants was about saying um if we say to people as long as they're healthy what are we actually saying to people you know are we actually then disenfranchising moms before they begin that if they have if they birth a beautiful child who happens to have a disability are we saying you fucked up or this mm. is bad or this is wrong or i'm so sad or that's so awful for you or i'm sorry i, I heard more i'm sorry than i'm congratulations and so that evolving came from me being super cross about it yeah but into something that's been published a lot of times and people going I, if i had the words and i'm so grateful you said that and because it didn't end with a rant and it didn't make make ables so people without disability didn't make ables like me feel um cross or like they were being picked on or like they were being told off because that's not the intention the intention is I've been able to see both sides. I don't know what it's like to have a disability. I know what it's like to have a neurodiversity. And here's how I've grown my heart, knowing that this is what I've been witness to. Here, let me share this information with you. But that's it's really interesting because the topic, you know, we talk about everyone has a heart, right? Yeah. And what you're doing in your processing through writing yeah. and your topics that are in your head is everyone has a heart. And yeah. you're looking at all the sides of that heart. Yeah. Yeah. And what really matters, you know, yeah. which is, you know, everybody, exactly as you said before about Noah, right? And um, people may have different experiences, but everybody has feelings. Everybody has the same things that they want or that they yeah. need to be seen, to be heard, to be loved, you know, to be safe. And so, yeah, but, and that looks different for everybody for sure. A hundred percent it does. I think we discount that so often for other people. Yeah. You know, it's different for you it isn't it's the same you yeah. know and and you know i talk a lot about um 
those things evolving through pe other people's hearts and my experience of being witness to things that I haven't experienced. But it's a deep witnessing when you're the mom. Yes. And you have the capacity to not feel sad and sorry for that person, but instead go and revere who they are. Yeah. And revere, you know, everything that we've learned because of who he is, not because he's less, but because he's different. And that's a great thing. Because mm. there's a million things I never would have understood. I would still be taking so many things for granted. Me personally, not all humans, me personally would be taken for granted because of what I was told mattered and was important. You know, I'd still be so concerned about some things that to me now don't matter at all. Like yeah. they're just not on my radar. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And it's like because I know you, there's there's things that have happened that I've in your life and particularly around Noah yeah. that that you've gone okay well that's not good yeah. you know it could be a diagnosis or something yeah. uh, his body shutting down in some way or form and you've gone that's no good but the focus has to be here yeah and you've shifted from this say say it was a diagnosis let's just put it in that term right that box yeah. And you've gone, okay, I'm going to look at that and the end result that I want to get yeah. is um, him being a little slightly healthier or, or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Functioning a little bit better in his heart, yeah. for example, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you've been able to do that by going that way. Yeah. How did you do that? What magic do you do? You taught me a lot of that, that, right? And 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 the constant reminder from you of going, are you in the end result of that? Are you in the which I know we've learned from others, but 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 that's the ripple in the layer, isn't it? Of going, what what have I learned around me that's going to be useful in these moments? Like, what have I taken on board that actually is going to support me? But honestly. And, and, and as much as, you know, this sounds like the worst Disney movie ever, I've learned from Noah. You know, I haven't, I've been witness to things that I still don't understand. Like Noah had another stroke in September, a really, really big one. This was his 10th and he became legally blind. So he's barely got any vision and his eyeballs don't move. That's a big deal. I have, I genuinely with my soul, I, he evolved through that so quickly like so quickly and and I wouldn't be that happy about it I wouldn't I'd still be so deep in grief and really pissed off actually and that's my awareness about me right and yeah. so I'm really mindful to not put that on him as well yes. be like why are you not really pissed off now that's not to say he was not sad or angry or pissed off absolutely he was 100% and terrified yeah, yeah. Because without that, I'd be worried. Like if I did not see that in him, I would have been really concerned. Yeah. You know, Noah sees a psychologist and we talk to people all the time because everybody should, right? Yeah. Everybody should be talking to someone. Um, but the way he evolved through it and the things that he says and does is, is to me, I just go, oh, that's how humans work, you know? And, and, and he's like, honestly, he's like the next stage of evolution in, 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 resolving things for himself or coming to terms with things for himself and it isn't um ignoring it yeah. it isn't now that was my fun thing just ignore it just go away just pack that up in a little box and put it at the back of my brain and forget that exists yeah. that's the way to deal with things isn't it right and so that was my learning and my lessons 
not for him, right? So he's very raw, he's very open. He talks to everyone who'll listen about it, but in a processing way, they'll say, I, I want you to do this. Please don't talk to me like that. I can't see you, but if you introduce yourself with your name, do this, please do this, blah, blah, blah. He works out very quickly what he needs and what is acceptable for him, you know, and what that looks like. And then he's just okay. Yeah. You know, like far out. He's known both worlds. It's not like he was born with that particular part of his disability. It's something that has evolved. You know, in the last year, he's gone from being able to walk and move around and see to being a paraplegic, not being able to move and now not being able to see. Mm. I mean, how are you cheery and jolly and still, but he grows his heart. You know, he, he grows that. And also we've spent 13 years every single day talking about being different, not less. Yeah. So he doesn't feel like he's lost a part of himself and that somehow he's less now. And that's been a really big deal. You know, yes, it's different again, but it doesn't make you worse or somehow, you know, we all now need to do this. It, he yeah. doesn't feel that way because that's not what we've demonstrated. He's not less of. No. He, in fact, in fact, he's more of because yeah. he's evolved again. Yeah, and we're, and we're always around other people who actually get it because I don't. I'm able, and and so no, I don't get it. I can I empathize and I can be an ally, but I don't. I can't understand. It's not how it is. Yeah. But you know, I make sure that Noah's around lots and lots and lots of people all the time who do get it and who have been there and and have different all different types of disability, but also came to their disability in different ways. Some who were born with their disability and some who've evolved into that over time and their process too. And I ask great questions, you know, as we become friends, as we become space, please don't ask people with disability in the street how they got disabled, please dear God. But what I'm saying is as we became friends and I, I go, well, how did you do that? Is there something that you should think I should say to him or uh, is there a way and I think the other thing is that I'm always open to learn, like yeah. always. I do not have an ego around learning about him. I have an ego around lots of things, but not that. So if somebody came up to me tomorrow and they were six years old and they were like, have you tried this? I go, oh, I don't know. I haven't. That's really interesting because I don't know. And I'm always willing to learn when it comes to that. I'm always willing to be open and to hear a different story or to think about doing it a different way. And yeah, to, and, yeah I'm and gonna you, you've done, you and I could yeah I just I know that you've done that I know how open you are to all things yeah right I know oh, how yeah. your scientific brain works but I also know how your spiritual yeah. side works as well like how you've been open to using magnetic forces have you yeah. been open to using a, a tablet that's come on the market that's specifically for that particular thing? Like it's, you are so open to that. I think you need both. I think yes. to believe you only need one is absolute folly. I think, you know, to be fully in spiritual and completely discount science is bonkers. And I think to be fully in science and discount spirituality is bonkers. I think to have a really healthy manage of both, like Noah is the one who will be sitting up, he goes, still does this, he goes, smudge me. I've had a nightmare smudge me it's like okay cool so he knows right and then this is the kid who's like you know shall we get a different this or shall we increase this medication or do you think this so again we're fully open to the spectrum of healing and all of that looks like and 
he meditates and he does breath work and he does photobiomodulation, red light therapy, and he does blue light and he makes sure that he has, so all of those things are happening. And we see physicians who are absolutely, you know, 90% of the reason why he's alive because they listen and they hear and they adjust medications and they're incredibly good at what they do. So both of those things exist in tandem powerfully at the same time. But Noah takes ownership of what he does too. Mm. So you'd be like, I'm going to get on red light. I'm going to do this. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to go to bed and put this music on. I'm going to do this. He was dancing yesterday with his physio. He's like, I don't want to do physio. Let's just dance. And so he doesn't stand. So his physio was holding him up and they had music on and they were stomping to the music and he was holding him up to do it because that's where he feels like he's at. Yeah. Also, he'll say, I mean, how wonderful to have a 13 year old who goes, I'm so ragey right now. I don't know if I'm being a teenager or if I'm being hungry or if I'm just having big feelings. I go, you don't need to know. Just sit with it. It'll work itself out or you'll figure it out or you'll say something or he'll, you know, and he's just, he's open and out loud about it, Mm. you know, instead of being somewhere else going, I hate the world, you know, which I'm sure he feels at times, right? Yeah. He gets to. And so he's evolving and growing and I'm evolving and growing, but the way I see him so powerfully just go, okay, and adjust, like I genuinely have never seen anything like it. I I just don't know anyone who could have gone through all of the things that he's gone through, not in my life, I don't mean in the world, I'm sure there is, but I'm saying I don't know anyone in my world who's had so many profound things happen like that, really big, big events and gone, okay. Yeah, I can't walk anymore. I'm just going to do that. Yeah, that's fine. You know, we, we got him a standing frame so he can be in it, so he can be moved from room to room because he can't take steps. And he calls it parcel delivery force and he yells about it and he's like, get the parcel delivery, let's go. And he goes quite quickly into a story that is helpful and peaceful and, you know, and not, oh, well. Like, and he takes stuff on the chin. Like, he can't go to the water park with his all the mate, all the kids in his year are going to the water park next week. It's just not a possible thing for us right now. Yeah. And um, and I'm all about doing all the things, by the way, as I you know. know. So yeah. if, we, if if he goes, I don't think it's a good idea, and I go that, then we know it's not a good idea. And he just goes, okay. Like that's it. Yeah. I just, I mean, yeah, that yeah. is. That is, that is truly being okay, being aware of where you're at and not what yeah. used to be. Like yeah. even, even two months ago used to be, not like 10 years ago I got stuck. I mean, we have been, I have been stuck in my stories, you know, for things that happened 20, 30 years ago until I became aware of them and yeah. then evolved through it. He's stuck in, he's not even stuck in something that happened two months ago. Yeah. He's a, he's a high processor, isn't he? Yeah. He always has been though. I think he's just so used to it. I think when that, when you've been gifted a life of great adversity and the point where you've had, you know, so many things happen in succession. And when you're a child, it's your ordinary and your normal. So you either learn survival and hiding or you are, you have somebody alongside you who's willing to go, how do we grow our heart? How do we do this? How do we learn what love looks like in this moment how does he what does healing look like in this moment what does peace for you look like in this moment Mm. and we do you know and we keep moving Mm. amazing 
as long as life you know as soon as life is evolving a, a, a state faster than your nervous system can handle that's when it's time to take action but life will always be full of adversity always have big things to do and i think the the greatest tr um, pain in healing is that people think the pain stops or the stress stops or the sadness stops and that's entirely not the point healing is learning the skills in order to be able to deal with some of your greatest adversity you'll ever experience the greatest sadness you'll ever feel the greatest grief you'll ever go through and but you'll have the tools to be able to do that that's yeah. what healing is not right. never feeling shit things again i'm sorry yeah. but yeah. you're not a robot it's not going to happen it's like so when people go oh i'm awake i'm you know i'm fully in this woke state and it's like okay, yeah, for now, but you're a human because tomorrow you're going to stub your toe yeah. and you're in pain or yeah. someone's going to say something or something is going to happen because we're human. Life is like that. Life is like that. And what it's the way we react yes. for ourselves. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Like, it's the biggest narrative I see. I thought I was doing so well and then this happened and now I feel awful again. It's like. Things are going to happen. Healing is not not feeling shit. I'm sorry, but that's just not how that is. And sometimes in one day, you'll feel great grief, great pain, great distress, all those things. But the healing version of you coped with that. The healing version of you was able to breathe through that or know you needed to breathe or yeah. know you needed not to punch somebody and to take a big deep breath or know you needed to. That's what it is. That's what it is, is that we all have this raw, open heart and is what we do in those moments that decides whether we add joy to that heart or whether we add pain and distress. Yeah, that's right. How do you want to live your yeah, life? Choose. Yeah, choose. Yeah, you've got a choice. Do you want to live in the sorrow, the fear, the angst, the whatever, or yeah. do you want to live from, you know, your magical state, your heart, your, yeah. you know, your being and be able to shift yourself? Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. And you will be shifting yourself every day yeah absolutely because yeah. it's life yeah the never-ending evolving state of your heart yeah i love that cool all right miss cat thank you so much for coming on i love you with all my heart thanks for having me love you and um yeah thanks everyone thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode bye did it stop <laughs> So I just forgot to say something, which is, Kat, how do we connect with you if we want to chat to you or come to you and get some advice? So you can find me on Facebook at Kat Barlow Empowerment Ethos or on the internet, www. Do people still say that or am I just really old? No, people still say Empowermentethos.com uh, or on Insta. Uh, send me, uh, uh, which is Empowerment Ethos too. Send me yeah. a message, reach out, say hey. I'll, I'll, I'll put the links there too so they can awesome. um, link in to connect with you. Thank Thanks, you very much. Bye. Bye.